Last week, we talked about vision, and we mentioned that without vision, people perish or casts off restraints. Restraints meaning boundaries in your life. If you have a vision to do right, you want to put some boundaries where you don't go and mess up your life. However, today, I want to talk about purpose. Yes, purpose. And I want to entitle this message, Run Your Race With Purpose. When the Apostle Paul talked about purpose, he likened it to a race, you know, like running, and how it is important to run your race and win. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. In another verse, it says that every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, you know, like Manny Pacquiao or Mayweather. You know, they just don't hit like that, but they discipline their bodies and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Let me pray first. Lord, I thank you, Father God. Please make this clear to us. Illuminate us with your word that may, we may understand what this particular verse means and so that we may know our purpose in our lives. You know, the funny thing, if you have an iPhone, I always, I do this when I try to explain purpose. I just click my iPhone and I say, hey Siri, uh, what is your purpose? And purpose says, I'll do everything you like me, tell me to do. Or who, who uh, invented you, who made you? And it says, I was made by Apple in California. You know, it's funny when Siri or iPhone knows his purpose and even the maker. Sometimes when I ask people around, you know, what's your purpose? And they, I don't know, you know, and who made you? Uh, I guess God. Not everyone's sure like iPhone or like Siri. But today that is our goal, that we will begin to understand what our purpose is in this life. Okay. You know, when Paul likened this particular verse to running, I just go back in time and I remember the Olympics. The Olympics began in ancient Greece. The first written record of the ancient Olympic Games dated back in 776 BC, when a cook, you know, a chef or a cook named Korobos won the only event. It's a 192 meter foot race called the Stade. That's the, the, where they, the word stadium came from, to become the first Olympic champion. And there's so many games during that, those times. There's so many different kinds of sports. There was the discus event, the long jump. They even had the javelin and the equestrian events. They had wrestling, running, and guess what? Boxing. <laughs> boxing. I didn't realize boxing went all the way, you know, before Christ. By the end of the 6th century BC, the games had become the most famous of all Greek sporting festivals. The first modern Olympics took place in 1896 in Athens and featured 280 participants from 13 nations competing in 43 events. Since 1994, the Summer and Winter Olympic Games have been held separately, of course, because of the seasons, and have alternated every two years. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about sports. And 
again, just going back to this verse, it says, don't you realize that in a race, how many of you have been, been to a 10-kilometer or maybe a 42-kilometer run? It's like a race, right? This particular verse, when it says race, I was thinking of our life journey. There, in, a, in a race, there's the starting point and there's the finish line. It's the same with our lives. You know, the day you were born and the day you're going to leave. You know, we can't do anything about when we're going to leave and, and when we're going to be born. But one thing we can do is we can control the dash in the middle. And that's your race. From the start to the finish, that's your race. That is your life journey. So don't you realize that in a race, in your life, everyone runs. Everyone's doing their thing, spinning their wheels, running, either sometimes walking, and going about different directions. Do you know that when you run, you can run to the right direction or you can run to the wrong direction? Many times in our lives, we've probably done so many wrong things that we're running, but we're headed for the wrong direction. So it doesn't matter whether you run. If you run to the wrong direction, you're not going to go to the finish line. But if you run to the right direction, if you run towards your purpose, you're going to end up in the finish line and you're going to be finishing strong. So it says on, it continues, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. There's a reward. When you finish, there's a reward. Not everybody's going to reach the finish line. Not everybody's going to achieve their purpose in life. All athletes, in order to, to get to the finish line, you have to be what you call disciplined. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Okay, All these life, we are going to be trained. There, we need a lot of training, right? They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So there is a prize that is earthly. There is a prize that is worldly, and there's nothing wrong with getting material stuff. But there's also what you call an eternal prize. A prize that you don't receive here on earth, but a prize that you will attain when you get to heaven. In fact, the Word of God says that the good works that you do here, there are rewards waiting for you in heaven. There are eternal prizes. So I run with purpose in every step, not shadow boxing, okay? Disciplining my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might myself be disqualified. I was thinking about that and I said, I don't want to be disqualified. I want to make sure I miss, I, I hit the mark rather. For though I am free from all, this is Paul speaking, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Again, the word win. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. It's referring for, to people who are religious. You know, we do things sometimes not out of um, relationship, but we do things out of religion. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To, I love this next verse. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak, you know what? How many of you are sometimes weak? 
Many times I'm weak. Sometimes I'm strong, but many times I'm weak. And sometimes in order to understand people who are suffering, we too should suffer the same things. It's easier to understand what they're going through when they're down and when they're weak, because we too have experienced that. And in this particular situation, we can win them over also. I've also become all things to all people. Okay, all things to all people. How many of you, when you, you're ministering to, uh, let's say the athletes, you know, you try to speak their language. When you're speaking to musicians, you try to speak their language. When you're uh, speaking to a teacher, you, you want to understand where they're coming from, right? Or a businessman, you're trying to understand who they are. They are. Okay, you become all things. I'll, I'll become anything for you so that I might win you. That by all means, I, sa- I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel. Everyone say, for the sake of the gospel. All right. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. It means good news. What the good news about what? It's the good news is about what Jesus Christ did for us. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. By the way, dying is not good news. The good news is, on the third day, he conquered death. How many of you know all of us are going to die? Okay. The good news is, Jesus died for our sins, but on the third day, he rose again from the dead so that we, all of us, can have eternal life. Wow! I always, that really... I don't know, gives me hope. That rejuvenates me, knowing that this life is short, but there's life after death. It's called eternal life. And I know one day we will all be there with Jesus for those who believe in the gospel. It continues on by saying that I may share with them in its blessings. Okay, again, just going back to this verse. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the price? Every athlete exercises self-control. They do it to receive not a perishable wreath, but imperishable. So don't run aimlessly. Don't just uh, box beating the air, but discipline ourselves. Keep ourselves under control so that we will not be disqualified. You know, this next verse is so important. I remember a guy named Joshua. Joshua was the next leader after Moses. Joshua was the man God chose to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, and he displayed incredible strength and courage in doing so. He was a man of faith, an inspiring leader. But look what happened here. Listen to this. It says, the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. Wow, that's awesome. And of the elders who outlived him and who have seen all the great things the Lord has done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, The servant of the Lord died at the age of 110. But after that, the whole generation, after Joshua, gathered to their ancestors another generation. Listen to this. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Man, one generation knows God and the next generation, not three, not two, the next generation did not know God. And it goes on, it says, And the people of Israel, the next generation, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. 
And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt, uh, out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods. Oh, wow. One generation following God, the true God, and then the next generation after other gods. From among the gods of the people who were around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. Guys, sometimes I find it almost incomplete. I can't comprehend, rather, that after living a life of such great faith, seeing countless signs and wonders, they saw what God did for them, and winning so many victories and wars, Joshua and his generation dropped the baton from one generation to the next. They weren't able to pass it on to their kids. Their children lived a godless life, or they began to worship other gods. Isn't that so sad? That you can love God so much and forget the next generation. That we didn't teach our children. That we weren't able to teach them what God wants them to you know, learn. It says, by God's grace, they had defeated the Amalekites. They crossed the Jordan River and dry ground. They've seen the walls of Jericho come down and even see the sun stand still. Yet after all of these miracles that showed the power and provision of a mighty God, the next generation, the entire generation, did not know the Lord or even what he has done for Israel. What happened? What happened there? Where was the legacy of Joshua's generation? Were they so busy defeating foreign armies that they forgot to remind their children that it had been the Lord who fought for them? Were they so busy with their businesses? Were they so busy with entertainment? What were they busy about? that they forgot about the next generation? Were they not purposeful about passing those stories on to their children? Did they not encourage their children to encounter God for themselves? Maybe after many hard years of war, the parents just, just got tired. They dropped their guard. Or maybe they were just complacent. They were dwelling in their cities that they did not build. Sometimes, sometimes prosperity... Um, is, uh, is a greater enemy than adversity. Many times when we're too prosperous, that's when we put our guards down. That's when we just eat in our fruit or vineyard and olive orchards. They just, they did not plant. And they're just having the, 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 the fruit from the ground and they're just experiencing prosperity. And it destroyed them. We don't know what happened, but I guarantee you something went horribly wrong. I remember what happened in an Olympic game, in a relay race, when the American team, the U.S. team, wasn't able to pass the baton to the next runner. I want you to watch this. As they're set on their way, and Bartoletta running the first leg for the U.S., she'll hand off to Allison Felix. And she's already making up the stagger to her outside. The pass successful to Allison Felix, and down the back stretch they go. So Felix, now to English Gardner. And they've dropped the stick. They dropped it. The United States is out. And just kind of being thrown off by that, it was just kind of my worst nightmare realized. I mean, I remember the baton leaving my hand and not connecting. Wow. See that picture? They weren't able to pass the baton. The runner went so fast or probably wrong timing or wasn't able to pass the baton.
how are we to pass the baton to the next generation? What is God's solution for that? Let me just submit to you this. You are his solution. There's no plan B. You are it. God's telling us, hey, one of your purpose on earth is to pass the baton, God's legacy to the next generation. That's how you run your race. You pass the baton. Your life is your race. Folks, run your life journey like you want to win an eternal prize. Think about it. Don't just think temporary. Think eternal. And that's how you're going to finish strong by passing the baton. Fortunately, the U.S. team, that was pre-qualifying uh, match, they were given another chance. See, God can restore. Even if you've fallen in the past, you've made mistakes in the past, you went through a season when you're so down, God can pick you up. Even if you weren't able to do the right thing, God gives us second chances like he did the U.S. Olympic team. And guess what? They won. They won. And that's our simple message for today. Let's not dwell on the past. Let's run this race looking at the eternal price, not just worldly prices, but really our purpose here in life. I like this when he says, when Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. My prayer is all of us, all of us will fight the good fight, that all of us will reach the finish line and that all of us will keep the faith. And when we get to heaven one day, you know, I'm excited when God said, when God tells us, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear God say it to me, well done, Jay. Well done, you guys, that you are good and that you are faithful as you run your race here on earth with purpose.